Welcome to Open Source News. My name is James. I am your host. This is the BCP podcast. This is the Open Source News edition. I thought I was going to call it a day. I thought I was done, but folks, I'm addicted to the truth and I'm uh, I really enjoy sharing it with you. I am absolutely blessed that this is my new career and I'm able to share this with you. And let's get into the news. Let's start off with a little bit of levity because good comedy has its basis in truth. Carpe Donctum once again with a very short 14-second meme showing who is the real man, who is the real geriatric white man that we all love and adore, especially if you're on this channel. Sorry, folks, I had to remove the sound because of the copyright music in the background. So, of course, I showed these uh, that clip earlier. This is Joe Biden today falling up the stairs yet again, like he did in 2021, as he ascends onto Air Force One. And, of course, the, you know, the old uh, President Trump throwing his hat. I'm sure you've seen it. It's been several times now. People throw a ball cap to him, a pen, and President Trump has got great dexterity. He's able to grab the pen and like that, sign and throw it back. So uh, I thought that was funny. But now let's get into uh, some real things that are going on here. Now, I've given extensive coverage. My last episode was a shorter episode than usual. I just wanted to talk about what was going on in East Palestine President Trump going there, showed you Pete Buttigieg saying he's going to go there tomorrow, I guess, and um, showing you Don Jr. If you missed that episode, just make sure that you get to the end of this video and there'll be a little thing you can click to watch it or down in the description, you can watch the previous episode. But one thing you'll have noticed, and I was going to point this out in the last episode, but I didn't, is that the coverage of President Trump and East Palestine by Fox News is interestingly late and coverage overall of President Trump is just about absent when it comes to Fox News. President Trump announced the trip last week to inspect the damage of the massive toxic chemical explosion in the Ohio town. Biden and his lackeys, including Pete Buttigieg, have not paid attention to this toxic environmental disaster. Biden traveled to Ukraine this week after announcing the U.S. would pay for Ukrainian pensions, but has ignored the people in Ohio and Pennsylvania exposed to the toxic chemicals. Now, folks, the biggest enemy to America and Americans internally are these, these Democrat Marxists who are absolute elitists. It is so sickening. I no longer associate with people that were my friends from when I was a liberal, the, the very few that didn't disown me, even after knowing that, you know, that, uh, oh, James is that black sort of patriot guy on YouTube. But, you know, we'll still uh, hang out with him, talk to him, uh, whatever, when I travel uh, for leisure or for, for work, for instance, New York City and other places I've been to where I have friends throughout the uh, nation from high school and my UC Berkeley days. You know, we meet up with them. We just wouldn't talk about politics, our family, our love of the arts, etc. Okay. But, but I've been listening to them and I've, I've cut off some of these people because they are elitist. Now, I've got a degree in economics. I'm educated. But it doesn't make me better than anyone. And I am so tired of the elitism coming from the left. 
they they just think of Trump supporters and Trump and my middle America, my heart and soul of America, the salt of the earth Americans. They 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 look down. They're rednecks. They're uh, backwards. They live in BFE. They're whatever they you know. They live in the sticks. You know they're they're, they're bubba's or whatever whatever pejorative they use to describe. And I've said this, maybe I haven't said it in a while, but I've said this several times over the years. I am black and Latino, and I feel more comfortable and among people of my kind when I'm with a fellow white as the snow, country bumpkin, love Jesus and country, backwoods Americans. And I'm, I'm not saying this in a mean way, I'm just echoing the words and the verbiage used by the coastal elitists. I'm very familiar with them. I was born and raised in New York City and in Southern California, the epicenter of the two coasts of liberal elitism. You ask me what my kind of peoples is, has nothing to do with skin color, has nothing to do with the fact that they speak Spanish like I do. Do they love Jesus and do they love this country and love their family? I will feel very comfortable with them. And most likely they are Trump supporters. And we're seeing here that Fox News has declared a war in their elitism against the salt of the earth Americans. And I absolutely despise it. I find it disgusting, reprehensible. It's just it's just horrible. If you're watching Fox News channel today, you likely missed Trump's visit to East Palestine. There has been no major reporting on President Trump's visit. Fox News ignored the Trump visit the past two hours. Fox finally ran a segment after he left town. But they aired clips from Tim Scott's speech in Iowa. Like my brothers and sisters over at the Gateway Pundits say, what the hell? Fox News then ran an ad for Governor Ron DeSantis special with Brian Kilmeade now playing on Fox Nation. Fox is playing favorites. They're not even trying to hide the Trump blackout. This great article by The Spectator today breaks it down. What's really going on? I'm sure you've noticed it, folks. You think that our enemies, frenemies are just on the leftist Marxist side? No, they're also on the right Marxist side. It is by now well established that Fox News, the American media behemoth, is no longer on the Trump train. Trump world union with Fox World was never altogether easy. And ever since that fateful election in November 2020, it has fallen apart. Remember back in 2016, Fox News, like all the other major news networks, they gave Fox coverage because they thought he was a meme. They thought he was a joke. They weren't taking him seriously. We were taking him seriously. We took a chance. Some of us put our neck out on the line. I campaigned for the Trump campaign in 2016. Then Fox News, he wins the presidency and then they've got to cover him. And Sean Hannity and others, oh, they love Trump. Oh, they sure seem silent on Trump today. It's all by design, folks. It's all internal. Trumpists despise Fox for, as many see it, helping uh, Joe Biden do what he did. And the top brass at Fox News have sought to distance themselves from the Trump movement and what they regard as an increasingly toxic politics. Rupert Murdoch has had enough of the orange one by all accounts. What has been made entirely clear is the extent of the breakup. One senior Fox figure has let slip, however, that Donald Trump is effectively banned from appearing on Fox News at present. He hasn't been seen on the main channel since he declared his candidacy for the 2024 presidential 
uh, uh, presidential race in November. But they have had Tim Scott on, who there's been whisperings that he might run. They've had Nikki Haley on, who has run. They even have uh, the, the new guy uh, running, the um, Rame. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. I think they mentioned him in this article. And of course, they love Ron DeSantis. A source familiar with Fox insists that the, the network would never apply a ban on any presidential candidate, but that doesn't seem to be true. Uh, Fox uh, uh, Digital, their online ones, have had short phone interviews and, and excerpts with President Trump, but President Trump has not been on the main cable network. Other American media insiders say that it's not a very well-kept secret that Fox won't have Trump on anymore. Everybody knows you just can't say it out loud. Kind of like everybody knows that there is a problem of age-inappropriate sexual proclivities in D.C., but you're not allowed to say it. It's an open secret. Kind of like Nancy Pelosi likes to play hammer time with all kinds of various, much younger than him, males in the San Francisco area. Everyone in the area knows it, but you can't mention it. Now, it's not just Fox News, the Murdoch Empire, the New York Post, their leading uh, tabloid, gives a lot of positive coverage to Governor Ron DeSantis. The Wall Street Journal, as well. But DeSantis, they just declared Nikki Haley and the even Gonzo newbie runner, that's it, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, have all appeared on Fox in recent weeks, but the Donald remains persona non grata. And folks, well, we have OAN and we have Newsmax, who have both been canceled by DirecTV because of the same reasons, folks. Do you see what's happening here? Big tech, big media, supposedly on the right, is against us and Donald Trump as well. They are elitists. They look down on us. They sure as hell look down on me. I'm a black conservative patriot. They can't call me on the left. They can't call me a racist. On the right, they can't call me uh, some easily fooled guy having worked for a major firm as an economist with a degree in economics. Man, what do they do? They just try to silence us. But look, I'm in good company because they're silencing the greatest president of our lifetime, Donald John Trump. Amazing stuff. Well, we'd give fair coverage here and this is what DeSantis is up to. I re- We are, uh, and this has been hurting us, as this has been hurting us. But I, I, I am not going to not tell you that we are a Trump train channel. Now, when I cover Ron DeSantis, I cover Ron DeSantis. This is a biased channel, folks. Make no qualms about this. This is a biased channel. America first, MAGA, Trump train. But when I cover Ron DeSantis, I cover Ron DeSantis because he's doing an excellent job as a governor of Florida. Do I want him to be president? I don't know. Definitely not in 2024. 2028 remains to be seen. There's a few things that I don't like with his associations. But I'm going to go with with actions, and his actions are incredible. More than 600 police officers from other states respond to Governor DeSantis' relocation offer. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis visited three blue cities recently to recruit police officers to the Sunshine State. Now, if you're new around here, I was born in New York City, raised mostly in California, spent half my childhood in New York and half my childhood in California, worked and lived primarily in California. 
I've left California and I'm now a resident of the state of Utah. But it is a stopgap because I plan to, for I was saying for a long time, it's either going to be uh, uh, Florida or Texas. I'm now 75% sure it's going to be Texas over Florida. But but I am going to be making a trip to Tennessee very shortly. I'll fill you in on that when the time comes. I think I'm going to have some sort of meetup or meet and greet. Not sure where it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be in Memphis or if it's going to be in Nashville. Uh, to be announced and to be and to be determined. But Ron DeSantis makes a great case for relocating to Florida. As crime spikes and police morale slips, DeSantis is offering signing bonuses to officers who relocate. He wants to get the best police officers in the nation in his state. Florida first. In Illinois on Monday, DeSantis told the crowd, we have this recruitment program in place. If you come, you're qualified from another state to join any of our agencies. City, county, state sworn law enforcement. You get a $5,000 signing bonus immediately right off the top. And then, of course, he goes into why they have crime in places like Illinois. The reason why you have crime that has spiraled out of control in so many areas is because you have politicians putting woke ideology ahead of public safety. There are additional perks for those who make the move, such as help with adoption costs and purchasing a new home. Good stuff. Even Chicago, CBS Chicago reports on lamenting on the growing number of Chicago police officers who are taking up Florida on an invitation to move. Things that are bad being made even worse with that $5,000 signing bonus. Okay. Now, this whole idea, this whole movement by leftists, by Marxists in law enforcement and district attorneys and attorneys general is by design, folks. And people are noticing and it's failing and there's finally some pushback uh, from this. Missouri Attorney General issues ultimatum to Gardner, resign or be removed from office. I'm telling you, this was a Wednesday full of a lot of news, folks. This is my third, this is my third broadcast today. And for those of you that are supporters of our other show, BCP Unfiltered, which you can catch on Spotify, or by going over to therealbcp.com or bcpextras.com. I will have an episode today, but it's going to be so late today. For some of you, it may end up being Thursday morning in the wee hours after midnight. I've got I've got something that you guys have been asking for for a while. I think you'll enjoy it. It's going to take me a little time to edit. But here we go. Amid mounting calls for the St. Louis Circuit Attorney to resign, the Missouri Attorney General has issued an ultimatum for Kim Gardner resign or face removal. Now, all this comes from an incident that happened over the weekend. I didn't talk about it, but let me give you the details now. There was an out-of-town teenager. Oh, it's down here. There's an out-of-town teenager suffered a life-changing injury due to a driver who was out on bond awaiting trial for armed robbery. Janae Edmondson, Edmondson, 17, was visiting St. Louis with her family in order to participate in a volleyball tournament. The family was walking in downtown St. Louis. Lewis around 8.40 p.m. last Saturday when a speeding driver failed to yield and collided with another vehicle. That second vehicle struck uh, Janae. One of Edmondson's legs was severed uh, in the crash and the other severely maimed. Her father's quick thinking and military training allowed him to save her life, but both of her legs had to be amputated as a result. She is still in hospitalized in critical condition. Two people in the vehicle that was struck were also injured. 
Now, the driver who, who caused the crash, Daniel Riley, 21, was out on bond and under house arrest for an August 2020, that's right, two and a half year ago, robbery case, but had been ordered to wear a GPS monitoring device. Riley's case was supposed to go to trial last July, but was delayed. Court records show Riley violated his GPS monitoring device more than 50 times, including 10 times in the last month. If there's no consequences, they're going to continue committing crimes and breaking the rules and the terms of their parole. Raleigh was arrested and charged with second-degree assault in the crash. He pleaded not guilty during a court appearance yesterday, but remains in custody after a judge finally denied him bond. What happened was it turned out that they were very well, well aware of Riley's criminal history, but allowed him out on bond, and that was the call of the judge on that particular case. And now people are saying, you know what? Kim Gardner, who has been in the news a lot for now enforcing the law, has got to go. Oh, we might want to mention that she is a recipient of support and pretty much a creation of Georgie Porgy, one Mr. S.O. Pause R.O.S. I hate having to speak like this, folks, but when you mention George, this particular George, and his funding as a financier and a financial backer of leftist causes, at least this black conservative patriot when I'm on one of the platforms on which this show is on, yes, YouTube, they don't like me mentioning his name. Others can, but not me. There's no fair rules here. But Georgie Porgy money, she is a creation of Georgie Porgy. Like other district attorneys and attorneys general and other law enforcement and attorneys throughout the, uh, the nation, they're supposed to be enforcing the law, but are doing everything to make this a... Marxist utopia of crime and no safety for the masses. So we turn our attention away from the real criminals in D.C. and in the state capitals and the governor's mansions throughout the nation. So there's now an ultimatum because of this incident for her to resign or be removed from office. It's so sad that a 17-year-old volleyball player had to lose her life for this to happen. Uh, lose her legs, excuse me, for this to happen. By the way, in financial news, if you're noticing that things are looking like a ghost town and like the Great Depression, obviously I wasn't around for the Great Depression, I'm in my 40s, but I've seen pictures of it, businesses, stores, farms, abandoned. I've, uh, I've been through California and seen uh, shopping malls with uh, less retail space. Went to an outlet mall where I think like, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30% of the stores were like not there. It's kind of sad. Well, it's, it's going to continue. Retailers to shut down over 800 big box stores as inflation, anemic sales, and interest rates create perfect storm. All by design, folks. This is all by design. This is not by accident. They're doing this by design to destroy our economy and the middle class. The retail world continues its downward spiral as holiday sales fail to meet expectations and weary consumers are keeping their wallets in their pockets due to rampant inflation and soaring interest rates, including on those credit cards they have. Just to be clear, 2022 Christmas holiday season did increase from the prior year. It's just that expectations were primed for an even higher increase after two years of the pandemic. Well, the high price of everything also contributed to why there was more sales in numbers-wise 
but not the increase that they actually wanted. Less buying power when you have inflation. And another report here uh, should have been the uh, the next one here. That credit card balances are through the roof for average Americans. All right, let's go to Arkansas. Guess what's back? Guess what's back? You ever heard of Arkansas side? I said that wrong on purpose. Folks, you got to check out my other uh, my other show, BCP Unfiltered. Go over to therealbcp.com, join our community for free. We've got exclusive and non-exclusive content. Check out my show, BCP Unfiltered. You can also go to bcpextras.com or you can catch it on Spotify, bcppodcast.com. I deliver the news. I talk about topics that uh, YouTube doesn't like us to, to delve into and I speak freely without using code. For those of you annoyed, I know you're annoyed, but look, a lot of my fellow colleagues and compatriots are no longer on YouTube. I still am because as much as many of their rules are onerous and ridiculous, I follow them so I can stay here. But there's a form of homicide that is uh, very, very specific to the point where it has a name of Arkansas added to it and it's attributed to the Clinton crime family. And we have this hitting yet again. Daily Mail exclusive. I have no idea why it keeps going to the left there. Arkansas cops rule suicide in death of Clinton aide linked to, I have my own island and my name is Jeffrey and I'm a financier and also a provider of age-inappropriate entertainment to elites around the world. And I didn't kill myself. That guy. Arkansas cops rule suicide and death of Clinton aide who was found shot and tied to a tree with an electrical cord around his neck despite no sign of weapon. Now this is, uh, you can see this is in the news today, but this actually happened a while ago. Here's the story. The grisly scene where a top Bill Clinton advisor was found hanged from a tree with a gunshot wound in his chest has finally been revealed nine months after he died. But the sheriff's report into Mark Middleton's mysterious death raises more questions than answers as as it is ruled he died by suicide despite no signs of the weapon that killed him. Middleton, 59, was found dead last May at the Heifer Ranch in Perryville, Arkansas, an hour west of Little Rock. Release of the report was held up after members of his family petitioned the judge. They were worried that pictures from the gory scene would be made public. The judge eventually ruled that details could be released, but photographs could not. The family is probably scared of retaliation. This is a very, very strong mafia they're dealing with. Anyway, this guy was Bill Clinton's special advisor. And he's the one who signed the logs to have Jeffrey come visit the White House several times. This is the ranch where his body was found, which is owned by an anti-poverty nonprofit called Heifer International in Perryville. The report, which was written by the Perry County Sheriff's Deputy Jeremy Lawson, says he was called to the ranch by worker Samantha McElroy, who had found Middleton abandoned black BMW SUV. McCory, 46, then walked around a cottage on the ranch, Almost immediately after stepping around the corner of the cottage, she started yelling. 
Upon reaching the back of the cottage, she pointed to the rear of the property and asked if that was a person. I could I could see what at first appeared to be a man sitting near a tree. As my eye focused better, I could see a rope of some kind from the tree limb to the male. It was clear that he was dead. You think? Not trying to make light of it, folks. Not trying to make light of it. Death, murder is no laughing matter. I could see that he had a gun wa- gunshot wound to the chest and he had been tied. He had a knot tied in an extension cord that was around his neck and was attached to the limb directly above him. The deputy said a search of the Middleton vehicle turned up three boxes, a buckshot and a gun case, but no weapon. The details give fresh insights into the death of Middleton, a married father of two with two daughters who was found May last dead last year. So the prevailing um, theory, I guess, is that he shot himself in the chest, then hung himself, and then, no, shot himself in the chest, then got rid of the gun, and then hung himself. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about, uh, that sounds like, you know, your normal suicide, where you kill yourself by hanging and gunshot wound, but there is no weapon to be found. The CIA... She was really good when it comes to wet works. More attack on our food production, folks. Cyber attack on food giant Dole temporarily shuts down North America production, company Memo says. This is today. I'm telling you, the 22nd, a very, very lot of things happening today. So basically, a cyber, a cyber attack has forced produce giant Dole to temporarily shut down production plants in North America and halt food shipments to grocery stores. A lot of folks have noticed that some of their um, salads and what have you have been missing off the shelf. But a cyber attack, supposedly a ransomware attack on Dole Foods. And the the uh, attack on our food supply continues. Uh, folks, isn't this interesting? I want to get you these stories. Rasmussen released what uh, Joe Hoff at the Gateway Pundit is calling, and rightfully so, two edgy poll results. It's okay to be white, and illegal immigration has made things worse. That's according to the Rasmussen poll results. Uh, It is okay to be white. Isn't it funny, folks? Let's just just use our common sense here. Isn't it interesting that the left, the progressive left, tells you that gender confusion or dysphoria or being non-binary is something that that happens at birth and should be accepted that the person was born this way and by no fault of their own that they should be able to live their life that way okay but white people were born white by no choice of their own and they are villainized simply for being white reminds me of the old song Anybody else get this reference? Ian from Minor Threat, guilty of being white from the late 80s, straight edge movement, punk rock, 1980s, DC. Anybody else familiar with or were part of the straight edge movement? Put it down below. If you were, put in the comments down below. If you're watching this on YouTube or another platform where you can leave a comment, put straight edge in caps so I can see your comment and tell me if... uh, any memory you have of that movement. That was a movement for those of you not familiar. A punk rock movement. A lot of skaters, surfers, BMXers. Um, back when I was in junior high and high school. 
it was before me, but it continued into the 90s of um, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't have premarital sex, you just enjoy life doing sports and being with your friends and whatever without any addictions. That was the idea of it. But uh, there's a band called Minor Threat who were kind of the uh, forefathers. Um, Minor Threat became Fugazi and, uh, well, some of them became Fugazi and they uh, they had this song called Guilty of Being White. Nothing to be guilty about, folks. Nothing to be guilty of, nothing to feel bad. If you're white, I love you. I... How, how can you sit there and say, oh, it's prejudice to hate black people because it is wrong to hate black people, Hispanics, for their color, but it's okay to villainize white people simply for their color. It's mind-boggling. But once again, Marxists don't deal in logic and reason. They deal in emotion and hate because they follow Satan, the father of lies and hatred and animus and division. Rasmussen released two reports this morning regarding their polls with, with results that may be surprising to the radical left, but not surprising to you nor to me, nor to us who are not of the radical left. In its first poll, Rasmussen reports that Americans believe that it's okay to be white in America. Well, why wouldn't it be? When asked whether it's okay to be white, most Americans agree with more than 70% agreeing with the statement. The sad part is 30% people thought it wasn't. And of course, those are leftists. So that means, once again, that I'm correct that the most racist people come from the liberal left. Only 12% disagree or strongly disagree. Okay. And then the thing that was on this uh, as well is that people were not happy with what's happened with these porous border, especially when it comes to uh, schooling and other things that affect our children, healthcare, etc. Common sense things that only surprise the crazy liberal left. All right, how are they going after President Trump, folks? It's called lawfare and bankruptcy. Trump's political action committee has spent $10 million to cover his legal bills. According to federal election filings obtained by the New York Times, former President Donald Trump has spent an estimated $10 million directly from his political action committee to cover his own legal fees in 2022. The same filing shows that $16 million was spent on Trump's legal expenses in both 2021 and 2022. Oh, but President Trump is a billionaire. He can afford it. But here's the sad thing, folks. It's not just President Trump. Guess who they're going after now? Again. They just can't leave poor Kyle Rittenhouse alone. He's been hit with another lawsuit from a man that he shot that was trying to shoot him. Can't make this crap up, folks. I cannot make this crap up. A man who was shot in the arm by Kyle Rittenhouse during the Kenosha riots in 2020 has filed a lawsuit against Rittenhouse and Wisconsin police and officials. Gage Grosskreutz, who testified that he pointed a firearm at Rittenhouse before the then-teenager shot him and two others, is seeking economic losses, damages for emotional distress, humiliation, loss of enjoyment of life, and other pain and suffering on all claims. But I guess it would have been okay had he shot Kyle Rittenhouse and killed him, and Kyle, if he were dead, would not have been able to have any sort of emotional distress, humiliation, loss of enjoyment of life, because he would have had no life of which to enjoy. And he wouldn't have had any pain and suffering because he would have been dead. And so in his defense against himself, Kyle Rittenhouse is being taken once again to the courts and to the bank. His petition, his plea, his warning 
This lawsuit is an attempt to drown anyone who legally and justifiably defends their lives from attackers and a mountain of legal debt. We cannot let them win. If they can come after me, they will come after you. Wise words from Kyle Rittenhouse. And you grammar Nazis, stop it. Ignore what you just saw. My, uh, my sister, who is working on my upcoming books with me, uh, she is, uh, she's a technical, she's got a technical writing degree. And she's not a grammar Nazi, so you guys don't be. This is a graph I was looking about before when I was talking about the debt. Let me mention it here. I just had it, uh, I had this tab in the wrong place. House, household debt has risen to almost $17 trillion, up 2.4%. But here's what's really scary. The default rates on all debt types, student loans, credit card debts, car loans, and mortgages are on the rise. This is from the, uh, the Fed Bank of New York. Now, let me tell you something. To those of you who have cash, to so those of you who are older, who maybe have pulled your money out of 401ks or just in a little better financial position when it comes to cash or having resources or have great credit, things are going to go on sale drastically in the next couple years. Even when Trump comes back on January 20th, 2025, I think the markets will respond pretty favorably like they did in 2016. Uh, at the beginning of 2017, actually in 2016, right when he won the elections, back in 2016. I think it's going to take a while, even though the markets may have some improvements, before the economy gets better, before inflation goes down. They're going to try to burn the ship before President Trump re-enters the White House on January 20th, 2025. It's going to be a lot of work. And in the meantime, things are going to be on fire sale. If there's a silver lining is to those of you, because I saw this happen in 2008, 2009, 2010, people who had cash, people who were in a little bit better position were able to take advantage of it. They say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, some people in the middle class and the working class were able to move up in 2008, 2009, 2010 because of what happened. Things were on sale. People couldn't afford things anymore. So for those of you that have been sitting on cash, waiting for deals to happen, it's starting to happen in many places. And I want to end with this, folks. Yesterday, an explosion kills two at Miami area industrial complex. Isolated story, except when you realize that uh, today, a massive fire erupted in Brooklyn Lumber Storage Warehouse, injuring five firefighters. Sure seems like we have a lot of these little disasters going on. I reported... Well, today I reported on Dole and the cyber attack. We had the recall, again, another recall on baby formula. We've got train derailments. Sure seems like a lot of fires, explosions, and hanky-panky things are happening all throughout the nation. We had a second incident of explosion in Ohio as well. Was it yesterday or the day before? Just thought I mentioned that out there so for those of you keeping track can have those data points. Stories. Thanks for being here, folks. Please like, share, and subscribe. Big hug to all of y'all. I'll be back tomorrow yet again to bring you the latest news. If you appreciate what we're doing, just do me a small favor. Doesn't cost you anything. It's pretty simple. Just like, share, subscribe here on YouTube. Follow, 
on any of the other platforms you may be watching us on. Don't forget that we do have a uh, sister channel on here called the BCB Report. Just head on over to the BCB Report. That's our uh, other channel as well. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless.